Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's pray and we'll get into the Word. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you that uh, you've given us the Holy Spirit, who is the one who teaches us, who is the one who leads and guides us the one that gives us utterance and has us speak the things that you would have us say. Lord, I yield myself to him. I thank you that you are, that your words impart faith, that they are, as the scripture says, health and medicine to all our flesh, that they carry transformative power. They transform the way we think. I thank you, Lord, that your word is given for the saving of our souls, that our souls might be saved. We're so grateful that our spirits are saved But Lord, our souls need to be saved, and we're grateful for the word that saves our souls. And so, Father, this morning, as we look to your word, I ask, and I have already asked, but Lord, that you would say what you want to say, that uh, we are here open and receptive to your word, not what we want to hear, but what you're saying to us, what your word, your presence, your power, your purpose for this time in our lives Will, will be spoken and will be said. And Lord, we will be he- not just hearers of your word, but doers. We will apply the word. We will discipline ourselves in faith to apply your word to our lives. And we know that as we are doers, we are blessed in what we do, that the blessing is released, and we're so grateful for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, go ahead and go to 1 John chapter 5. And I'll read this introduction to you. The title is, The Problem is Not the Problem. So the title of the message is, The Problem is Not the Problem. So this morning I want to share a message along these lines. As believers, we know from Scripture that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We know that the devil, through the work Christ has accomplished, has been disarmed. So what is the problem if the problem is not the problem? (laughs) There are a lot of directions we could go in Scripture on this, but uh, I want to look at three areas. Faith, wisdom, and obedience. Faith, wisdom, and obedience. And uh, I'm believing God. I have, uh, don't have a lot of notes, but I have several Scriptures um, because I'm just believing God for utterance as we go. And so uh, we're going to get into faith first. So Jesus taught, my first point is Jesus taught the importance of our faith in receiving from him. He, he emphasized faith. Now, we, we actually are in a uh, generation in the church, I've actually seen ministers really mock the importance of faith, which I think is very funny because you're not born again if, unless you exercise faith. And so to mock what Jesus emphasizes is absolute foolishness. And if you want to guarantee destruction in your life, go ahead and reject and mock what Jesus said is important. You'll get it. You'll get what, you'll get what you, you believe for. In fact, you actually end up believing in the wrong thing and manifesting that thing. Isn't that interesting? But it's exactly how it works. And so we have to be aware of that. So 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4, we've read these scriptures before, but how many know there's depth in them that we've never seen before? And there's importance here. 
I know this about the Lord, there's no social promotion with him. And sometimes people think, what do you mean? God will not graduate you to second grade in your spiritual growth. He'll just leave you in the small desk. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah. You, you, in, other words, in other words, you don't get promoted like you do in the public school system. Well, the kid's 18. Maybe he should move out of junior high. God doesn't do that. He just leaves you there. Until, so I'll put it to you like this, this will be, this will be, that's a humorous example, but this will be a biblical example. He'll let you wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And people say, oh no, God would never do that because he's loving. Oh yes, he will because he's loving. So, <clears throat> and you guys have seen this before, you know this, but I, 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 the Holy Spirit wants you to see it again because there's so much darkness that's operating in the earth and if you don't stay on top of the light, the darkness will get into your head. I don't care how long you've been saved. You have to stay in the light in order for it to, and, and be cooperating with the light in order for it to be working in your day-to-day -day life. We all do. We all have to do this. But the Lord is very this way. See, People sometimes, I, I get amused sometimes, a little bit amused, by uh, like atheists and things that will uh, try to bring up how mean God is from the Old Testament. You know, they're like, we really like Jesus, but we don't like the God of the Old Testament. Well, let me help you. The God of the old is the God of the new. It is not bipolar God. He does not have multiple personality disorder. What people don't realize is, and what they're saying is, what they're really saying is, I hate God, and I will not submit to him. They don't realize that God's judgment when he flooded the earth was his mercy. See, it's already fighting in your head. I can see it. But see, unless you get with God, you won't understand it. You won't have the answer. But the enemy is very good at this. He's very good at pitting us against God and God against us, so to speak, both ways. And, and clouding things. Well, how could flooding the whole earth, how could killing all the animals in an area or all the, all the uh, adults and the kids in an area be God's mercy? How could it? Now, I know we don't function that way today, but hear me out. These areas were so demon-possessed that if they would have been left to themselves, you would have generations going to hell because there's no repentance. If there is no repentance, mercy demands judgment. Otherwise, what continues See, what people are actually saying is, is, I don't want to repent, God, but I want all the benefits. Just let me go. But God doesn't think in terms of just one generation. He thinks in terms of seed. Come on, you got to see this. He doesn't just think in terms of, he looks at Abraham and goes, I'm going to use Abraham. Why? Because he'll teach his children. He's a faith God. He's a seeing God. He knows, the, he knows the past better than we know the now. He knows the future better than we know the now. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, why did God pick them? 
I wouldn't have picked them. Oh, us in our little pea-brained minds, with our little pea-brained vision, knowing nothing of eternal things, deciding for God who he chooses. Wonderful, isn't it? But see, there's only one way to get that kind of mindset. You have to be in his truth. So what was the benefit? It was his mercy that he flooded the earth. The Bible says that, that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. That doesn't mean that Noah was perfect. It means that Noah was repentant. He would, you say, how do you know? Because he built the ark. He obeyed. What do I know? He'll repent. He'll do what he's supposed to do. Was Noah perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But what were the other people? He said this, the Lord said this about the rest of the people on the planet. They have evil continually in their thoughts. What are you going to manifest? What will you teach your kids? And then what will multiply? After one group of people who have evil continually in their hearts train their children to do the same. And then they train their children. There's a reason why the Lord set the limit of life on this earth to 120 years. Imagine what kind of evil you could do in 900 years. Come on, have you ever thought about these things? You need to think about them. You say, how do you do it? Get in the word. Fellowship with him, amen? So God is a God of mercy. He's a good God. Even though people uh, twist it and uh, demons twist it and people embrace demonic thinking and then put it into eloquent words, it's still demonic. It's still demonic. It's nowhere near godliness. It's nowhere near uh, goodness as far as, as God does it. And so we need to be aware of that because the problem, again, is not the problem. The problem sometimes, and we're going to shift now into this, is faith. It's a lack of faith from the faith people. (laughs) You and me. It's a lack of faith because Jesus said in 1 John 5, 4, and people say, oh, no, John said it. No, Jesus said it. John was just a secretary. Jesus is dictating, John is typing through the, via the Holy Spirit, right? So 1 John 5, 4 says this, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What is the victory that overcomes the world? According to the Bible, it's what? It's our faith. Okay, it's our faith. Now, let's go over to 2 Corinthians one twenty four. This is another verse the Lord has been, has been uh, ministering to me on. <clears throat> when we were uh, at Bible school and different times, but Brother Hagin would be teaching on faith and he would teach the same verses and use the same stories over and over and over and over 
and over and over. And I don't know why preachers feel like they have to come up with something new. You don't need to be entertained. You need to be fed. Do you ever eat a steak just once? If you do, well, I mean, it depends, especially if you really like steak, well, stop torturing yourself. Eat a second one. But the scriptures are that way. I mean, you need to eat. How many have a favorite kind of a food, or I shouldn't say favorite, but a food you like? Well, this is the food we like. <laughs> right? I'll read, I'm going to go to scriptures that we've already read before. And I was reading them last night, and I was reading them on Friday, and I'm looking over, and I'm reading them, and I'm getting new revelation while I'm reading it. New understanding, things I did not see before. And I've read those scriptures thousands of times. I've said them thousands of times. And so, part of the issue, so faith overcomes the world. Part of the issue that people have at times is that they actually don't want to take responsibility for their own faith. They are looking, and I'm talking about in the church. I'm not talking about in the world. They're looking for the minister to have a word that will get them free, thinking, and they've chased it for years, not developing their own faith. Now, don't get the idea in your mind that God does not require each of us to develop our own faith because he does. Now, I'm going to show you a scripture, First, or 2 Corinthians 1. How many know Paul had some issues with the Corinthian church? Like, Paul was so upset, he said, look, I'm just not going to visit right now. It's better I write a letter. I'm not joking. If you read through it, you'll see it. People say, oh, no, ministers should never do that. Okay, what should they do? All right, I'm not going to go there. I could. I'm not going to. I am not going to go there in the name of Jesus. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 24, Paul said what? Not that we have what? Over. Do I have dominion over your faith? But we are what? Fellow what? For your joy. For by faith, by the preacher's faith, you stand. I am a what? Fellow. So if you don't work with my fellow work on what you're supposed to work on, you'll become the believer, and there's tons of them out there. They've come in and out of our church. They go in and out of other churches. Well, I'd be further along if the preachers would do. If the preachers would do what? What God has made my responsibility? It's my responsibility to develop my faith, which God gave me and I received by his word. Well, I just, I just have faith because that's what my parents do. Not good enough. Well, I'm only 12. So was Jesus, and he was baffling religious leaders in his day. 
Well, he was Jesus. He was a man. He emptied himself of his God wisdom and glory. I tell my son, because he's in our men's group, and I tell him, he has to share what God shared with him in our men's group. And I don't rescue him. And now I'll help him, but I don't rescue him. Why? He can hear from God. Well, you're mean. I'm loving. it, It is one of the, I am training my kid that they can hear from God. I'm not teaching them and patty-caking them unnecessarily and, and making them dependent on me. I'm saying, you know God. You can know God. You can hear from God. He speaks to you. You hear from him. You say, well, what if they hear something squirrely? I look at them and go, that wasn't God. Go back and get it right. Because I love them. And you know what we, when, when we obey, how many have done this? You, you've, you've obeyed the written word of God in your life. You've sowed it into somebody else and then you've seen the harvest come out of that. Or they've come to you and said, God said this to me. And you go, that is the Holy Ghost. And the reward of the teacher or to the teacher is, woohoo, they did it. They're walking in truth. What's greater than somebody, and we're always available to pray with people, right? But what's greater? I love the testimony that Tom had about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit because he came forward and I laid hands on him or somebody else. He got it at home. Do you know how much that irritates the devil? Because now you have somebody that can believe God and has experienced God for themselves. And what happens when that takes place? It not only makes it, oh, no, I'm preaching. It not only makes a difference in a corporate setting, but now that person can go to somebody else and ruin the devil in their life. See, we, part of the Part of the issue of dealing with the problem that's not the problem is taking responsibility for me. We've said it for a year now. What is spiritual maturity requires what? Personal responsibility. Spiritual maturity requires personal responsibility. And as long as I'm going to stand and blame someone else for why I'm not growing up spiritually, guess what I will never do? And I can shift locations, I can shift ministers I listen to, I can get, try to get new messages that have a new thought or a new realm or idea to them or are more entertaining to my natural side to try and encourage. But in all reality, what do I need to do? I need to repent. And sometimes the answer concerning the problem is not getting someone else to do what I'm supposed to do, but rather backtracking to where the Lord told me what to do and do that. Well, I'm going to pray longer. Pray, prayer cannot substitute for obedience. It cannot. All right, Mark chapter 5. So do we have dominion over our own faith? So what can I do concerning someone else's faith? I can partner with them. Don't get frustrated that you can't do everything for everybody else. Because you can't do everything for everybody else. 
But what you can do is what you are supposed to do and obey God. Well, it doesn't, I I really love them. Yeah, you can love them, but you can't love them out beyond the boundaries of truth in written scripture. Oftentimes what people are saying in the church is I love them. What they mean is they're functioning in their soul, not in their spirit. What do you mean? You're functioning in your emotion. Well, it hurts me to see them hurt. Okay, that's not bad. But if they're going to continue to make the decisions that they're going to make, nothing you do is going to change that. Eventually, I have to take responsibility for my own faith. I have to say, I have to realize nobody else has dominion over my faith. I have dominion over it. So, Lord, I'm going to make the adjustments that I need to make in order to be able to operate in a high level of strong faith. And then I will see the answer that I'm believing for. Amen? So let's look at this, Mark chapter 5, and you guys, you know this, this is Jairus, this is the woman with the issue of blood, and we're going to read it in the Amplified, because it's got more words. And you know me, I have nothing to say, so I, don't, I need something to fill the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 21, and this is the Amplified, and I don't know, I didn't tell you the Amplified, so... If you don't have it, that's, that's fine, as far as the media guys. All right, verse, 20, verse 21. And when Jesus had recrossed in the boat to the other side, a great throng, and this is, it just means a, a bunch of people gathered about him, and he was at the lake shore. Verse 22. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing him, He prostrated himself at his feet. That means he knelt before him. In kind of, kind of, this is like a worship type thing. He's worshiping the Lord. And it says, and he begged him earnestly saying, he's entreating Jesus. And he says, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. If it be your will. Is that in there? Now, people will add that because they they have another verse where Jesus prayed, if it be thy will, and they think it has something to do with healing. But there is no verse in the New Testament ever in connection with healing and, and the Lord that has, if it be thy will, attached to it. That's doubt and unbelief that's been attached to what God said. They're actually using God's word as a weapon against themselves and God. Now, thankfully, God's not, you know, temperamental. He's just even keel. He's just like, nope, that's not who I am. So he just keeps being who he is, and he doesn't let the opinions of others dictate his character. So we see here, what do we see? This man comes to Jesus. This is faith. This is his faith speaking. He's saying, look, I know I've seen and I've heard what you've done. Actually, even though the chosen is not doctrinally completely accurate, like I would think, you know, I'm too snooty about these things, but I do watch the chosen because I like the human aspect of it. And there's a lot of things I like, and I'm able to filter through it and go, no, that's not what was said, you know, <laughs> or that's not how it went. But I like the prediction or the depiction of Jairus in the chosen. 
Because he was, he, the way they depict him, and it's, I'm sure it's accurate, is he was a recorder. So the, the Pharisees were recording things taking place, and he would log these things in a safe place. Well, he had to read through them too. And so by the time he went to Jesus in the show, he had already read about who Jesus was. And he even said in reading about him but not seeing him, I know you. Ooh, and I just love that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know you. I don't need to see you, Jesus. I know you. Because I have these words. And they impart to me. And wh- so what, what is the response? Why is Jairus, why, what is motivating him to go and do this? Why would he have it in him this stirring of faith within him to go and do this when his daughter is dying. Because he heard words, received words, and faith caused action from those words. You can hear words. Well, I've read it before. Don't ever let that thought process live in you. Go back. Read it again. Open up your heart, your insides. Stop. Don't shield yourself. You know, you should shield yourself against some people, but never to God. I've got to protect myself from God. No, you don't. You don't need to. Jesus died for you. He's proven that he's not going to hurt you. So you open yourself up And you let the words in. That's what Jairus did. Even though it wasn't popular during his time. Even though the ones he was working for were working to kill the one that he's bowing before. Come on, think about the obstacles to a person's faith here. Think about what could have come in and hindered him from receiving his daughter from death. But he didn't do that. He said, no, I am going to believe God. He said, come and lay your hands on her and she will live. Now in faith circles, and this is right, what was that? That was his declaration of faith. Okay, and verse 24 says, and Jesus went with him. And a great crowd kept following him. And watch this in the Amplified. And it says, and pressed him from all sides And then in brackets, it says, so as almost to suffocate him. Was this a crowd? Have you ever heard of a crowd and somebody dying? Suffocating, trampled, whatever. This is what kind of crowd this is. This isn't like 50 people. Jesus, you know, his little groupies that went around with him. This is, there is so much activity of the kingdom going on in the earth, in the ministry of Jesus Come on, it should be this way around here. Come on, think now, think. Get, get your imagine, loose your imagination in the name of Jesus. There's so much activity of the kingdom operating that they are coming around and they're almost crushing him. We had a, 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 a teacher at Rama, and his name is slipping, slipping me right now, but I think he's a missionary to the Philippines is where he is. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, Jim Andrews. Jim Andrews was his name. Is his name. He's still alive. (laughs) And uh, he had a service like this. 
They were preaching healing and people were starting to get healed. The people started rushing to him and grabbing him because people were getting healed when they would touch him because the Lord was using him. Is that unrealistic? Is that unbiblical? It's not. He actually had to get workers around him because he said, they're going to pull me apart. Because if you want freedom and you're really bound and you start seeing freedom, you you can't blame people for how they respond to the anointing. They want freedom. And that's what's taking place here. There's so many people around and they're pressing on him. And it's because of the signs and the wonders, but not all of them are in faith. But there is one lady. (laughs) Verse 25. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. I wrote next to it. She did not accept the fate of her situation. She didn't go, well, I'm just too weak. I mean, how hard? This is going to be so difficult for me to, I mean, I have to make, you know, I have to be considering of all these things. And I tried to talk to my friends about it, and they were like, no, no, no. You know, you're really weak. You need to rest. You don't need to go out into a crowd and, and push through that crowd and, and try to touch Jesus. That's just, don't worry about that. The doctors don't have an answer for you. You need to sleep. You need to rest. You need to, God will come to you. You don't have to go to God. But what was in her heart? I'm going to touch him and I will be whole. Well, you know, the law says, the law says you can't be out. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. But when faith is in a person's heart, it is dangerous, church. It is dangerous, church, to hinder someone's faith because of our lack of a renewed mind. Well, that's just crazy. Well, then it might be faith. We should be a roof-ripping off church. Well, your friends are crazy. Thank you. Now you know why I'm healed. (laughs) I was coming coming in from the parking lot, and Michael mentioned something to me, and I I said, give me your hand, (laughs) and I prayed for him right there. Why? Wait for what? The devil can be rebuked out there just as much as he can here. Just as much as he can in your car. You should drive down the road with crazy faith. What the world calls crazy, God calls it sane. And you should say, devil, no, you can't have my kids. And he'll bring thoughts to you and you say, shut up, stupid. The power of God is working in my family's life. And it will always work. You know, Kylie calls and somebody tried to put a, somebody put a, what, what are they called? A tag, an a, apple tag or a, it's a, it tracks you. Air tag, yeah. So these things are designed for all the people that lose their keys, I guess, or whatever. So you can look on your phone and go, oh, they're right there. Well, crooks use them. Criminals use them. They do. That's the world we live in. And so she's driving down the road in her car, 
and her friends are in her car, and her friend, one of her friends, has something on her phone, and it says, we're being tracked. She sees it. It comes up on her phone. These little air tags, they put them on a vehicle, and then they track that person because they have it connected to their phone. So they, it must have fell off because she went to the police station, and she said she had the cops do it because they, can, they take a, I don't know what they have. Anyway, they can find the tag, all right? Well, I could lose sleep over that. Or you should realize any criminal, if you try to touch my family, I have a security system. And it doesn't matter in the world where I am. It works. And they're angels. And you should know this. <laughs> I just telling Ian this the other day. Oh, yesterday. But you should know this. The angels that are in on my side, because I'm on God's side, their one angel has killed over 130,000 men in one shot by himself. You think, you, think that, you think America or these, these nations have weapons. <laughs> we got a God that will go like that, and people just, he'd just say, heart, stop beating. And a person can just dunk. Now, there's people that don't believe that would happen. It's happened. It's absolutely happened. Judgment can come because a person refuses to repent. <laughs> I was telling, because I've, I've, uh, I was talking to Ian the other day about you know, being a man and what it means to be a man of God and being a man of God at school among his friends and not uh, following the group in making fun of someone who doesn't fit the bill of what they think is, looks right or they don't dress in the new way or they're not the body shape that somebody else is or all of that stuff, right? And I was talking to him about that because guys in a group, as well as girls in a group, people in a group, we'll just put it that way, can be vicious, they let the de and the devil can run through and get inside a group of people's mouths and it can just tear people up, right? And uh, so I was talking to him about being a man of integrity and standing up amongst his friends and saying, no, let's not talk that way about that person. And this particular thing he was dealing with, this particular person they were talking about happens to be the daughter of a friend of mine. Well, that lights me up a little bit. Not because I need to go take care of it myself, because I don't, but I do need to take care of... Now, he wasn't participating, so, you know, you guys don't need to rebuke him. I'll take care of it, all right? <laughs> he, he did the right thing. I'm going to give you credit. There you go. <clears throat> and I said, I said, you got to realize this. Boys will get together, and they think they're tough, especially in a, in a group. And I told Ian, I said, Ian, the boys you're around are not tough. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I know who tough people are. I lived with them. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I've worked with people for years that have done serious prison time. Not for not paying parking tickets. I said, we are not, we, I, I said, that's not tough. That's not character. And they're not acting tough. They're not, they're, I said, that's just testosterone un- managed by truth because we're, men are strong for two reasons to serve and to protect and to lead right that's why we're strong we're, that's why we have double the muscle that girls do that's why transgender sports don't work 
I don't care if the dude gets on there and he's like got makeup on. You know, it's like putting lipstick on a pit bull. You know, it's just, it doesn't make any. <laughs> we can dig your skeleton up after you're dead, do a test, and you're a man. But why can a man lift so much more and is so much stronger than a woman? Guys, have you seen the video of the, of the women's professional soccer team that played a, like, a five-star high school team? The high school boys, it was girls, they were like the, the, the champion, these were like world champion soccer players. And it was high school boys that were champions of soccer. High school boys versus women. The boys smoked the women. It wasn't even close. And they're more, these women are more mature, they're adults. It doesn't matter. God made a man a certain way and he made a woman a certain way. <laughs> Thank God he did. Yes. <laughs> now people say, well, I'm trapped. You know, I could be trapped in these things or whatever. I understand, but realize God is your freedom. God's not rejecting people that are in sin. He has open arms, but we have to repent and come to him. I got to get back to this. I told a guy, going back to the protection thing, because so you don't forget. So you don't think I forgot. I worked with a guy who's been in and out of prison. In fact, in fact he's in prison right now. I was his boss. And he, and this is when we first started the church. And I was still working in the secular world, which I miss sometimes. But that's all right. <laughs> And I told him, and he, his fists were registered as lethal weapons. Like, that was part of the booking for him. He was a meth dealer in, in this city. And, uh, and he was telling me about all this stuff. And, and, and he was really getting kind of, you know, like, cocky about it. And this guy could, in a fight, he'd tear me up. There's no, I mean, if I had a gun, I might win, you know type of thing. He's just, he's bigger than me. He was probably six foot four. I mean, lean muscle, not like six foot four chubby. Lean. You know what I mean by that? So he's, he's muscular. He would have tore me up. And he was talking about all these things and he was telling me about his police record and all this stuff. But God had been ministering to him and I had developed a relationship with him. He would, I, he was actually, I showed up on jobs. He was listening to our podcast at the time on the job. I'd show up on the job and I'd hear myself. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, and so he's listening. He's like, he goes, I don't know what it is, but when you're speaking, I, I feel something all over me. It's the anointing, right? Yeah, so I tell him. But I told him, I said, if you ever come after me, God will take care of you. I told him that. Why? Because the Lord will. Vengeance is God's. That's why even as believers, we want to keep ourselves, our mouths off of other believers. You know, God loves all his kids. Even the dumb ones. <laughs> I've been the dumb one at times. <laughs> I get a few amens on that one, yeah. But you, I don't have to, de well, this is in our men's book right now. It's so good. I don't have to defend myself. I have one. Now, it doesn't mean I don't, we don't deal with things in our lives. It doesn't mean we don't pray about things, all that stuff. Of course we do. We're aware of things, of course. But what do we know? Vengeance is 
Vengeance is the Lord's and he will repay. That's what it says. I'm not looking for that kind of repay. Okay, the woman with the issue of blood. We'll wrap up with this. Verse 26, who had endured much suffering. So faith can be the problem. A lack of faith could be the problem. Are you willing to pay the price naturally that these people did as an example in order to attain, in order to receive or manifest what you feel like God has promised you? What did these people do? They counted the cost of the desire of their heart. They put their trust for that desire in Jesus, and then they adjusted their life to the manifestation of that desire. Faith. So have you ever tried to, to uh, kind of... <laughs> I got a prophetic word when I was... Uh, going over this yesterday and just I'll get over into the spirit and I'll just start seeing things it's just and what I mean by get over into the spirit I don't mean that the room shifts and it's really bright and there are no more walls in the room and none of that all right I know that spectacular things happen 99 99.99999% of the time in the spirit for me is I'm more conscious of here than I am here when I say I hear from God it is It has never been an audible voice. I have never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. Ever. But I know him in here. Now, would you take that? I don't know. I mean, most of the spectacular stuff that I see in the scriptures, people were wetting themselves. (laughs) You say, is that in the Greek and in the Hebrew? You know... All I know is they were not, the angel shows up and the greeting is not, hi, how you doing? It's fear not. Why? Because they're going, (laughs) it's not a greeting like, you know what I mean? (laughs) All right, I got to hurry. Am I willing, we'll end right here. Am I willing to make to, to, to run to Jesus and worship him like Jairus. Come on, you're natural. Everybody in here, what if their crowd was so great right now and you imagine uh, Josh up here and he's Jesus because he's got the beard for it. <laughs> Michael has the hair, but Josh has the beard. So we're going to have to combine these two. <laughs> And you, you don't care about what anybody else thinks at all. And you run to him. Because fear of man stops faith a lot. A lot. When I was... The woman with the issue of blood, she starts going to Jesus. Are you willing to take that chance of dying to get your healing because that's what she's doing not to mention I'm, I'm not just talking about the law side because the law side says she wasn't supposed to be they could have stoned her I'm talking about the physical side does she feel like going to the meeting 
Did she have it on her calendar or did she need to, did she, did she pull up Outlook calendar and go, well, today I'm scheduled to go meet with my friends for tea at such and such a place or they're coming to my house. And I'm really weak and God, if you could heal me, if you could, she didn't do that. She adjusted her life to the Lord's world. And that is faith. Oh, I've, I've had so many thoughts come to me. I just, and I could share so many things, but I'm not going to. But I will say this. This is what I saw in the spirit. And it was a, it's a prophetic word for the rally. So you're going to have a heads up. You said the rally's not till January. The Holy Ghost knows who'll be there. This happens to me all the time. It just does. Why? I'm in the spirit. I'm fellowshipping with the Lord. I'm limiting what's coming in from out here, including preachers, too many of them. And I'm in this, and when I get over into the spirit, that spiritual mind, I look, and all of a sudden in the spirit inside me, I see <laughs> stick horse races. Come on, how many of you have ever had a stick horse? You get the little horsey head on there with the little leather, uh, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> but it's got the stick. And have you seen these stick horse tournaments? They have stick horse jumping. You know what it reminds me of? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Now, these are legit competitions. Now, if you're in them, I'm sorry. You're going to hate my prophetic word. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, there are many that don't want to get on the war horse. They want stick horse Christianity. They got their little armor plastic shield and little helmet and their little... And in church, we... I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And we're in the crowd. Let's give you an award. I'd rather get on a war horse and go to battle and risk death for eternity. And I'm telling you about the spirit of God right now. I will tell you this, the prophetic movement as it's known is coming to a close as being, as far as being in the forefront. It is shifting. And you know what's coming? The war horses are coming. The apostle is coming forth. And you know what the apostle is? I just, I know this by the spirit of God. I can tell you this, an apostle cannot stand dreaming without doing where the prophetic will have soaking sessions. They'll just soak and get visions and dreams and they'll write them down. And, and it's not wrong. I'm not mocking that. I'm not saying the prophet is ending. I'm saying the forefront. We've had a long season of the forefront of the prophetic and it's getting ready to be cleaned up and it's going to shift and the apostle is now going to come forward. And people that don't understand the office of the apostle are going to be offended because they're going to think that the apostle does not walk in love. Because they don't understand that within the apostle is such a strong desire to do that they are offended by motionless faith. 
Think about Paul. He sees a man with faith who's crippled. He's an apostle. The man has faith. Why is he sitting there? What does the apostle do with the man with faith? Get up and walk. And the man leaped and he walked. Why? That's what the apostle does. I love it. Woo, you feel the fire of God on that? I mean, I'm telling you, we are headed into doing like we've not understood doing. And it's not going to, the apostles, it will so stir in the people that they will go, I've got to do something. That's why we're studying the anointing. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.